0: Hey everyone, welcome back. We made it, the last day of 2020. I know it's cliche at this point, but anyone else looking forward to putting this year into the history books where it belongs? In what is quite possibly the longest decade of the year, 2020 has tested everyone's fortitude. And it is definitely a year filled with history, both good and bad. So, For the final episode of the year, I thought I would do a review of sorts to remind us of all the ish that went down in 2020. You know, before we say adios, mother so grab your coffee, peeps, or your champagne. Let's do it. From impeachments to celebrity deaths to that little virus known as COVID-19, 2020 was filled with the highest of highs and some pretty devastating lows. In January alone, 2020 was trying to warn us we would be in for a wild ride with the devastating fires in Australia. Global warming was like, hey girl, hey, and tore through Australia, burning over 25 million acres, or roughly the size of South Korea. As a Northern California native who's gone through a number of fires at this point, my heart aches for my fellow survivors. On January 7th, the World Health Organization, or WHO, not to be confused with THE WHO, was notified of a little virus known at the time as the novel coronavirus. At this point, very little information was known about the coronavirus, only that it originated in the Chinese town of Wuhan, and there was no reliable evidence of human-to-human transmission. (laughs) Well, so much for that. In the United States, Donald Trump made history as only the third president in history to go through an impeachment trial. Officially impeached on December 18, 2019, Trump would stand trial in the Senate in 2020. The impeachment process is a bit convoluted if you aren't a political science junkie, so here's how it works. The process is outlined in the United States Constitution and stipulates the sole power of impeachment lies in the House of Representatives. And it isn't solely relegated to presidents although those are the ones that get the most attention. Any civil officer can be removed from office if they're convicted after being impeached. Think of impeachment as like convening a grand jury. Evidence is presented in the House to determine if there's enough information to bring charges and go to trial. Once the grand jury, or the House of Representatives, decides there's enough to proceed, they vote on the Articles of Impeachment. Basically, what charges will be covered during the trial held in the Senate? No one is removed from office at this point. It's like an indictment. Once you're indicted, you face the trial. In 2020, Trump was tried on two charges, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. These charges fall under the category of high crimes and misdemeanors, a concept not really specified in the Constitution. These charges were brought in response to the allegations of the president using his official authority to pressure a foreign government to make public allegations of misconduct against his political rival in exchange for congressionally approved monetary aid. The obstruction of Congress came from Trump's refusal to comply with subpoenas issued by the House of Representatives and barring members of his administration from doing the same. Trump was acquitted on February 5, 2020. Mitt Romney would be the first and only senator in United States history to vote to convict a member of his own political party. While the impeachment trial proceeded, the United States reported their first case of the coronavirus in the state of Washington on January 20th. Washington would be hit hard and fast by the virus, seeing alarming death toll numbers by spring, but would be quickly eclipsed by the severity of the spread experienced in New York. We ended January on a very sad note when Kobe Bryant, shooting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers, passed away in a helicopter crash with his daughter and several others. Yes, all of that, just in January. In February, the movie Parasite would make history as becoming the first foreign language film to win Best Picture and the first film for South Korea to be nominated for an Oscar. I have yet to see this movie, but my husband says it's pretty amazing. Also, I was convinced that Roberto Benigni's Life is Beautiful had already won the Oscar for Best Picture, but apparently it only won for Best Foreign Film. Whoops, my bad. February also saw the start of the 2020 primary season with the Iowa caucus on February 3rd. A caucus is different than your normal primary in that instead of showing up to a polling place to cast a ballot for your preferred candidate, registered members of a political party convene in a central location and discuss the various candidates and vote for their preferred candidate by standing in their candidate's designated area. Individuals are then counted and votes are divided based on the overall percentage of caucus goers. Super confusing and a little hectic as we saw in Iowa. Iowa's caucus made history for two reasons. The first, because of the lag in reporting official results due to a series of logistical and technical difficulties. And the second, Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg won the primary, making history as the first openly gay presidential candidate to win a presidential primary. And though he would make history with his caucus win, Buttigieg ended up suspending his campaign on March 1st and eventually throwing his support behind candidate Joe Biden. And in a win for sexual assault survivors everywhere, Mega-producer Harvey Weinstein was found guilty of sexual abuse and rape in New York on February 24th. He would be sentenced to over 20 years as a result and is still facing a series of additional charges in Los Angeles. On March 5th, Elizabeth Warren suspended her campaign for President of the United States. And while Tulsi Gabbard wouldn't suspend her campaign until March 18th, Warren's departure signified the last real chance of having a female presidential nominee for the 2020 election. Throughout the spring and summer, the United States witnessed a series of protests and demonstrations demanding criminal justice reform in response to what felt like back-to-back news stories of young Black men and women losing their lives in violent and tragic interactions with the police and police wannabes. Ahmaud Arbery was shot while on a jog on February 23rd by three white men who stated he looked suspicious as he had been running near a construction site. Brianna Taylor, a 26 year old ENT living in Louisville, Kentucky, would lose her life as a result of a no knock warrant by police. When cops rushed in, Brianna's boyfriend assumed their home was being broken into and fired his gun to scare away the intruders. The police returned fire, and Brianna would suffer six gunshot wounds and die from her injuries. However, it was the admittedly gruesome and callous death of George Floyd that prompted the massive protests. For 8 minutes and 46 seconds, George Floyd would be held to the ground by police unable to breathe. Floyd was being subdued by a carotid hold, with intense pressure placed on the neck. Floyd's death was captured in its entirety, and the video of the incident went viral. As a result, a number of calls for defunding and reforming police departments rang out and thousands gathered in the streets to demand justice for Black lives. In August, Kamala Harris was announced as candidate Joe Biden's running mate, making her the first Black and Asian American woman to be on a major party ticket as a vice presidential candidate. In November, Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump for the presidency of the United States, making Trump just the ninth president in history to be voted out after serving a single term. The 2020 election also saw some pretty impressive voter turnout, especially considering that little thing known as COVID-19. Almost 160 million votes were cast, making 2020 one of the highest voter turnout elections in recent memory. And it was totally because of my bonus episode on voting, right? (laughs) A girl can dream. In September, the United States lost a feminist icon when Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died at the age of 87. Ginsburg, only the second woman to serve as a Supreme Court Justice, working since her confirmation in 1993, had been a lifelong defender of reproductive voting and gender rights. Ginsburg gained a lot of popularity in her later years, being dubbed the notorious RBG, and was infamous for her passionate opinions and her often used phrase, I dissent. In one of her more feisty dissenting opinions, Ginsburg wrote in Shelby County v. Holder, quote, Throwing out pre clearance when it has worked and is continuing to work to stop discriminatory changes is like throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you are not getting wet. End quote. But it wasn't all terrible. Actor John Krasinski launched his YouTube series, Some Good News, in March, where he highlighted people being awesome and doing amazing things for each other. A nice reminder that humanity can rise to the occasion. Disney dropped Hamilton on their streaming service in July, and shortly thereafter, an official fanboy was born in our household. My husband has basically listened to nothing but the Hamilton soundtrack and a certain pop singer non-stop throughout 2020. But hey, we all cope in our own ways, Right. And we are ending our year with hope at getting our lives back to a certain sense of normal with the development of a slew of brand new COVID-19 vaccines. Throughout the world, thousands of people are getting their vaccines, and hopefully this will be the end of the chaos that was the coronavirus. I hope you join me in saying peace out, 2020, and let's welcome 2021. I just hope 2021 isn't into competition. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Civics and Coffee. If you want to hear more small snippets from American history, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining me, and I look forward to our next cup of coffee together.